Welcome to Hot Topic. It's me again. I'm Jessica. I'm a comedian. Worried about going extinct. That's a big deal, right? So here I am. I'm sitting in my living room, which is pretty cluttered. Always clutter in my apartment. Big issue with clutter. But when I had my guest on this week, he came over and he said, it's Devin Blake. He's a wonderful comedian. He said, uh, oh, nice place. Seems like you have a cat here. This seems like a place that would have a cat. And then I was like, no, we don't have a cat. And he was like, oh, it's a compliment. I love cats. And I just, I feel like it's not a compliment because I feel that a cat apartments are a little gross usually. But I appreciate that he probably was being sincere and he probably does think that my house has the air of it that seems like there's a sweet um, small predator trapped in here for the sake of our own void, our own human loneliness that we um, should do that. But no, no animals uh, uh, live in here except for uh, the various bugs that walk in and out. We've got ants, sometimes little roaches. Definitely moths. Definitely dealing with pantry moths. Do not know what to do. I've gotten rid of all the food in my pantry, but yet I still have pantry moths. I've got traps out. Not that I want to, like, murder animals, but it's like, yeah, try not to, like, leave larvae in my food then, like, in my grains. Like, I want to cohabitate with whatever, like, little critter, but it's like, don't be gross, you know? It's like, I have to poison roaches because it's like, you guys are just being too gross. Like, you can't keep it together. You can't handle yourselves, you know? Like, a roach ran through my bed and, like, I was, like, it literally ran over my crotch and I was just like, I just can't have that. Like, I, I you know, like, I want to be one with nature, but you've got to go. Like, I've got to poison your ass. That's just the way it is. I live in a, you know... I live in a zone that is like free of harassment of roaches. So you, you gotta abide by my rules. I don't know what to say. Maybe I'm part of the problem. Um, but that's where we're at. So I'm just like, I'm still working on this podcast. It's, I feel like what I'm achieving with it is I want to make everyone feel that they can be comfortable to talk about, uh, climate change, even if they're worried about sounding like an idiot because I am actively doing that. I'm actively just like uh, broaching the subject with other comedians and people in my life and I'm doing it messy, baby. Oh, girl, I am sloppy. I am not. And it's interesting because I actually am a performer and I have done a lot of podcasts, but I end up saying, um, and like pausing a lot and like getting stuck like I have like a stuck climate change chakra or like energy or something that I'm like trying to get out because like um, I'm just like not wired to deal with it. But like somehow like down in my soul, I know I have to deal with it. Like it's like my calling. It's like all of our calling, like 
This is where we're at. This is the time period that we're born into. We have to rise to this um, huge crisis that we're facing. So, so yes, <laughs> here we are. And I want to know that I support all of you. Like, I'm here for you. I know that I'm like a weird girl and like you might want to not talk to me because I like sometimes am like weird, <laughs> but you can talk to me and I, I just want everyone to have community around uh, climate grief and, and feel that they are um, doing as much as they can it is in their power without shame I want people to feel empowered. I, I saw on Instagram this this group called Extinction Rebellion, and they have this, they had this banner up on the beach that said, you know, feeling overwhelmed by climate change, come talk to us. And I was like, like that. First of all, I've I swear to you, I've thought about doing that. I'm like, can't I just like have a booth at a farmer's market or something? And like like Lucy from Charlie Brown style be like hey the doctor is in like climate change counseling slash action plans I'm here for you like I love that there it said on Instagram uh on the extinction rebellion LA account that they're going to be in Manhattan Beach at um some market doing that uh this Saturday so I'm going to go drive down to Saturday to check that out. Um, and again, I'm, I'm trying to get better about sound and all this on this podcast. But like, again, like I'm just being messy with it right now. I'm just like starting with what I have and I'm going for it. Like I'm imperfect. Like obviously we're imperfect. We're, we partially killed the world. Um, so I'm just, there's a helicopter. See, like lots of noises. We just go with it. We're living life on life's terms and we're showing up and doing what we can. I need to get a sound, like a, for my little task cam baby, I need to get like a little wind guard, I think, because I sometimes breathe. I breathe too heavy into it. I'm very breathy. So I apologize for that. Also, I like in Devin's interview you can hear um my neighborhood ice cream truck going around and I will try to post a picture on my Instagram of my neighborhood ice cream truck because it is just really special it is like it's like you can't even believe that it's a real truck it's just so busted it's so broken and it keeps going, and it keeps giving the children ice cream, and I relate to that. Um, so here's your gross processed ice cream, babies. Um, I have Devin Blake, the comedian, human being, um, who came after work, even though he was sick, to talk to me about climate change. Um, and I just really hope that you get something out of it, and if not, whatever. <laughs> keep listening, keep showing up, do what you can do. Um, feel free to message me with any input um, or support. I am very accessible via social media. We all are. We're all accessible to each other, which is really good and really bad. So I love you. That's all I have to say. Bye-bye.
<clears throat> okay, so it's another episode of Hot Topic, and we have Devin Blake here today. Hey there, happy to be here. Uh, comedian. Comedian. Also, um, homeless housing helper mm -hmm. of Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. Are you from LA? I'm from the Valley. Oh, okay. Third generation valley. Okay. I'm yeah. from the opposite end. I'm from Cerritos. Okay. Um, you might have heard of us sure through yeah. Auto Square commercials. <laughs> yes, Cerritos Auto Square, yeah. We're pretty famous for the Auto Square <laughs> scenario. Um, I invited you on this podcast today for a couple reasons. Uh, number one being I saw you this last week at one of the climate strike thingies mm -hmm. here in LA, uh, Beverly Hills specifically. And um, also, uh, we've chatted about climate change very briefly before. Uh, there's been like really brief uh, mentions of it. Uh, like if I if I um, if I bring it up at a climb at a uh, open mic, mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't usually go over well. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, if I if I try out a bit on climate change, or if I just talk about it at an open mic, which usually. It, it climate change hasn't come up very much at all in my comedy. It's not. It's not. Doesn't really work for me. Like, uh, elaborate on that. Like, you've have you gone out of your way to try to talk about it, or is it just like one of these things? Like, it's already on your mind. You write jokes about what's on your mind, and that's why you're doing it. I I would say column B. Okay. The second one. And so the jokes, and so they just aren't working because. Some jokes don't work, or you think it's the topic? I think it's both. I think it's like I'm not s s truthfully spending a ton of time writing things out. I'm not spending a, enough, like a great amount of time into my craft right now. Um, and that is because of naps, because of Instagram. Mm -hmm. right. I don't know. Right. Um, but uh, I, I could definitely pour more work into the writing process. And also because I think the subject of climate change... Uh, it's really hard to make funny. Yeah. It's like, it's just not, not, not only hard to make funny, it's hard to connect with people on it at all, which is partially why I had this podcast. Um, and I feel like it's getting easier as the climate strikes are happening mm -hmm. and like, um, but I will say that you have reached out to me on Facebook, like after those mics and said like, like. I know what you mean. <laughs> like, well, one time, I'm with you. I remember I messaged you and I was like, and if you're spiraling out about this, go to maybe read this thing. And you're like, I'm not spiraling out. And I was like, oh, I'm pr totally projecting onto you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I, I generally, as a human, seem like I'm spiraling out, <laughs> but I think that's also just my personality. <laughs> you give off, yeah. But yeah, it's also like, when you say, like, I'm concerned about climate change, people are like, oh no, right. do you need, um, do you, like, I've, I've had people suggest that I need to go on medication before, which is maybe true, but it's usually after I mention climate, like, and this is a couple years ago, like, uh -huh. Maybe before Trump, people would say more stuff like that. I think now more people kind of understand it's an issue, but are, like, that not it, that willing to... Um, and that are, there aren't, like, good people looking out for us sort of thing? Uh, just, like, at some point it was just, like, this isn't really... You know, I might actually also have been depressed and maybe need medication. That's also why people are saying it. But I do, I do feel like... That that being concerned about climate change has in the past raised um, flags of mental health, 
And interestingly enough, like this, you know, I feel like that's kind of the spin they're putting on this Greta Thunberg girl. This, this, right. The, they're they're the like, she's insane. Right wingers, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like the right winger, like she's she's a she's a nut job. She's a nut bar. Yeah, but only crazy people are saying that. Right. Um. So really, I think. But you think? I mean, just to go back to the joke jokes about it thing. Do you think? Because I think generally, comedy just in L.A. for example is is pretty apolitical like there aren't a lot of people who do like what like hardcore political and i yeah i'm not really hardcore political comedy either but i have always kind of tied in my mental health and like how i'm doing and what i'm thinking about and um and like you know whatever sexism or whatever has come up a lot in my in my jokes because it's like affects my life and what I'm thinking about very personally. And I feel the same way about climate change. Um, yeah. Um, so. It's a pretty big deal to me. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> uh, I don't need to talk about it in my act. Right. But it. It's one of the Which is part that... of the reason why I'm doing this because it's like, it's like, it really doesn't make sense for me to never talk about it, even though I'm not necessarily like qualified in any way to talk about it but i think what you were saying earlier is so interesting this idea that um it's not just an issue that affects only experts and it doesn't affect people in just a scientific way or you know the the realm of science whatever that means it's it affects everybody it's cultural it's emotional it's psychological and so Everybody has a right to talk about it. I think that's a really interesting and and sort of subversive way to look at it. I think it's really interesting. I was just listening to this um, interview or this like kind of talk by Roger Hallam, the guy, one of the guys that started the Extinction Rebellion in in the UK. Uh huh. And he said um, that you know just looking at this, for example, as like. Uh, a pol- you know <clears throat> something that exists within like the sphere of political change is a mistake because he was like you know people who go to like um, meetings like that like uh, planning meetings for an action are people going to that just for political reasons almost always not a lot of people go to those meetings because they're lonely uh, or because shout they- out to all the older <laughs> ladies going to community like yeah. like town hall. <clears throat> Yeah, making a stink about speed bumps and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lady like that in West Hollywood that goes to all the meetings and it's just like, yeah. you have nobody. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so to, or, you know, to kind of con- construct a movement or a way of thinking about this that appeals to people, not just politically, but socially. And like making, um, engaging in this uh, really scary thing of, fun thing, you know, or a productive thing. I think that's a really powerful way to look at it. Yeah, have not managed to make it fun yet. <laughs> I beg to differ. And I, ha- I haven't managed to show that it can be approachable. Um, I, have, I, feel like, I feel like there's a real block in talking about it even. Mm-hmm. Like there's just like a mental block. Like it feels like, even doing this podcast, sometimes I feel so much stuck energy. Like I feel like... 
what? <laughs> like, meaning, like, what do you, like, you talk about it and then what sort of thing? or Like, if, it, I, I almost, like, need to call it something besides climate change. Because when I say that, my, my brain, is, it just kind of, like, shuts off and goes, please hold. Um, and, uh, but I, I think it's one of those things that it'll have to be practiced. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think that but I don't think that you should have to be an expert or a scientist to talk about how we're living at the beginning of a mass extinction that is caused by us. Right. Um and again, if you're gonna if you're gonna limit your part people's participation in this movement according to their level of scientific knowledge then it'll never be successful. It's got to engage people in different ways. Right, 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 right. <laughs> are you are you and Rachel still doing those salons? You know how you were talking about doing salons at your place? We did one once. Uh-huh. And it was super fun, and everybody had a good time. A lot of people have asked, are we going to do those again? Uh-huh. And we just haven't. And I think the reason is, Rachel's the one that kind of, like, organizes it and, like, plans it and um I don't have those skills and so basically it's all Rachel's fault <laughs> it's not happening I feel like you could do it <laughs> um you could yeah I mean also now the a really good thing about where we were living is that it was we had a little <clears throat> a really big living room and like we could have like 30 40 people and now we have a much smaller place in Burbank oh you're in Burbank now yeah, yeah. oh Back to the Valley. Back to the Valley. Back to the Future was filmed there. Yeah, good. Back to the Future Valley. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, well, hmm. I would. I, I, I love the idea of, like, community just uh, having a time to get to, together and talk about a thing. Yeah, it was really... It was like a community building thing. It was really exciting for me because I'd never been in a, situa- a social situation talking that was organized for the sole purpose about... Uh, of talking about that thing, right? Uh, other than, like, stand-up, but that doesn't really count because you're just there for yourself. Mm. Um, and Rachel... You don't think that stand-up is a selfless act? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think some... We know some people who think of it think of their stand-up that way, like I'm giving this gift to everybody sort of thing, but I don't really... Hey, why not, you know? (laughs) Um, What was I saying? Oh, Rachel compared it to church. Yeah. Uh, And so, like, you know, you're gathering and sharing for the sole purpose of gathering and sharing. Yeah, that's one good thing about the church folks is they, they have, you know, they get together. They get together. Um, sometimes I wish their agendas were slightly different, but sometimes they're good. Do you go to church? I don't. No. Um, but I know that some, uh, American Christians have some pretty backwards, um, uh, agendas, but I think some of them are, are, have some really great ones of like, okay, let's feed the homeless. Yeah. But then some churches are like, let's only talk about... Gay people. Right. Gay people and abortion. <laughs> Let's not even call that church. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not good. 
Those freaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those, I mean, it's interesting in L.A., like, the ch- a big response to homelessness has been um, carried out by churches, totally outside the city and the county system, uh, and therefore, you know, free of all the hang-ups that come with that. And so they're super important just here in L.A., and, you know. I'm sure that's true of other places too. Yeah, especially the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. They really take care of people. They really <laughs> see people, people's organs for what they are. I was getting some ads on my Instagram that was like, "We're cleaning up Hollywood. We're cleaning up the trash in Hollywood." But it was like the Church of Scientology. But yeah. they were like, "Come volunteer." Yeah. And then I was like, "No, you'll kidnap me, <laughs> forever." I would make a good Scientologist, though. Yeah. I really would. Um, I, I feel like I'm just psych- psychologically weird in that way that I, I could just bullshit about audits all day. Like, I don't really know enough about it right now, but... Two people, you mean? Like Yeah. Two. I, or just, like, even when I'm being audited or whatever, like... You'll just go with it? I just feel like... That's what hypnotists say, right? Like, so much of it is just suggestion. Right. Have you been hypnotized? No. You probably love it. I, I, I'm sure I would. I'm ready to join a cult at any minute. I'm re- that was actually my one of my first thoughts when Trump was elected. I was like, I'm going to like move to the other side of the world and join some cult. Like, there's always that. Yeah, I, sometimes I think of like, well, there's always like the monk route. Like, right. Like, just go somewhere and sit. Right. But do, they don't just take anyone, do they? Maybe they do. I don't, I mean, they've got to be lacking in membership. Because they don't, most of them don't, like, have sex. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, anyone would give up sex for, like, a, a free place to live and and some some beans, right? I think, yeah, you're <laughs> great at this <laughs> Uh Yeah, but as of now, I'm, I'm continuing in my life as normal, except uh, for this idea that I need to be more active in... Um, Making sure that uh, we're working on the climate change issue. Uh, it just sounds so boring. <laughs> you, this is the second time you've undermined the premise of your podcast. <laughs> this is all my podcast is. It's just like... People talking you into doing your podcast. It's just like... Derp, derp, like um, I, I just... I, I, gotta, I gotta put the fun in, fun in uh, the idea of working on climate change. And, uh, but see, I think this idea of this podcast is so interesting because you're doing that. Like you like talking to people, I imagine some people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And so you found a way to take this thing that you love and apply it to something you care about. Sure. Yeah. I think that it's like, I don't understand the level that I care about it yet. What do you mean? I feel a little disconnected from it. And I think that's because that's why climate change exists in the first place, is I think we're very disconnected. We're definitely disconnected from just, like, our fit, like our environment. So yeah, like, and, and it's that, like, we're going to talk about white Americans, like our Westerners in general. Like, we're pretty, like, disconnected from nature. I don't know about you, like, I, I feel like our bodies. Yeah, like, yeah. I have a, you know... A, a friend that like helps me with like meditation and stuff and like I'll be like I'm feeling like really stressed in this way and she's like where do you feel that in your body like scan your body and I'm like 
I don't get much information from my body. <laughs> yeah, like, no. I'm just a head. I know what you mean. Like I imagine that I'm just a head. <laughs> Sometimes I will forget that I'm like, oh, I can take this sweater off if I'm hot. Like, that sort of thing. Where, like, not connecting my thoughts to outside my head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's really interesting. Like, places where you're already, like, seeing incontrovertible proof of climate change like it's not even like a debate anymore it's it like places in florida or even parts of massachusetts like that are like starting to be underwater it's like well uh fuck how do we you know we got to do something about all this water so you could you don't even have to call it climate change you can just call it all that water over there right um kind of like localize it or mm -hmm. just like get connected into my local scene yeah and like my my the the nature and everything the that's happening, scene, yeah. and let's start with my body. You know what I mean? Like let's start with ha having a body and learning how to feed it and stuff. Like I don't I don't, I just don't know. Like I watch these documentaries of like this is how you should eat. Anybody who eats this is dying. <laughs> Anybody who eats this, and I'm watching all these documentaries and reading this stuff, and it's like, shouldn't I just know how to eat? Like, if if we were just connected to the yeah. earth around us, we would just know how to eat and be yeah. healthy. I wouldn't have to watch a bunch of documentaries that's like, this is poison, and the, this is poison. Right, and I think, I think a big part of that is us not knowing how to do that ourselves. So, like, we just have to take what we're given, and then 30 years later, they're like, oh, you know, this is poison, and your kids are dead because of it. Yeah. Um, Look how ugly your kid is now. Yeah, really gross. Dude, but you, <laughs> your children are disgusting. Um, but... That's one reason I I grew up in L.A. I don't like it here. I, because, like, you can't... You have no option but to live this totally unnatural life. You're mm. surrounded by concrete. You're surrounded by pollution. You're surrounded by um, just massive inequality all the time. Can and I tell you what, though? I like that about it. Why? No, here's why. Because I, I feel like... Which one of those do you like? I like all of it. The only but with the massive no, inequality. I, I, like, I like an optimistic dystopia, and I feel like that's what LA is, and here's why. I think, like, when other people, like, because I'm from Cerritos, not the Val... Maybe if you were from Cerritos, you would get it. Okay. No, but I do I do think there. you can go to the ocean, you can go to parks, like, you can find ways to reconnect, but here's... Here's what I think about L.A. I think that it's good that I can't ignore it. Like, it's good that I, I... Yeah, it's good that I can physically see what the world... Like, I don't think that if I moved to the country and, like, even if I was trying to live sustainably as possible, like, I would still be taking up whatever land and the earth is still really overpopulated. Like, I don't think there's any way for me to opt out of being, like, living in this world and having an impact. And I, I like that in L.A., I have to see homeless people. Like, if there's a homeless pish, issue in America, like, I, I want to see it. I know that sounds weird, no, but I, I don't want to... Because <clears throat> someone actually told me... I, I, I lived in Washington State for a while, which is, like, the opposite of mm -hmm. L.A. You're, you're surrounded by forests. You know, like, there's less homelessness, like, all this stuff, especially if you don't live, like, in the city, which I did not live in the city. Mm -hmm. um, so you could kind of theoretically live, like, this sort of, like, utopian sort of nature life if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't like it when I go back to visit and then people say like, oh, I lived in LA for a while, but I just like was, I was so sad to like step over homeless people that I had to move. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, yeah, but the rest of the country sends our home, their homeless people here. 
Like, you you should still be thinking about those homeless people. You know what I mean? Just because you, like, live in a different... Like, you're still a part of this, like, American economy yeah. no, that I, is collapsing. Like I know I, what you're saying. Like, I, you, get, you get to witness it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like if I can live in L.A., help to make the air cleaner, work on the homeless problem, then I'm, like, in the middle of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I think of, like... But it's depressing. It's so depressing. <laughs> it's a hard city. And, like, you can't really develop, like, an alternative an alternative to it while you're in it. So, like, you know, me and Rachel are trying to have kids. And I, I can't, like... If I'm raising a kid here, I can't, like, teach it how to, like, grow its own food in a, in a legitimate way or, like... Um, participate in an economy that doesn't totally exploit most of the people in it. Like, it has no... The child would have no option but to, you know, com- commit itself to to these this terrible place. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. And there is a lot to be said about Los Angeles, both, both for me personally and just, like, at large. But uh, it's just so... It, it just, like... I find it paralyzing often. Yeah. And it's mm. not good if you're like... Like, I get easily overwhelmed. Do you want to move? Yes, and but Rachel wants to stay here. Mm. And it's also harder... The notion of moving is tricky for me personally because uh, I'm a triplet and my... You're a triplet? I'm a triplet. Holy shit. And triplets can never be... 10 miles apart from each other or we'll die now um oh my god one of my triplets that's scary one of my triplets has cerebral palsy and my mom is his caretaker and she is uh, very often making the argument that he needs to be in a metropolis a metropolis that Mm -hmm. has robust medical services that you're not going to get if you're living in some rural town in Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so it, that would make that, if we were to move, that would, that would be a a big complication. That's true though. That is true though. My teacher in, in Washington, she moved from the rural town where she was my teacher to Seattle. Mm -hmm. And she said she had some, um, health thing come up where, um, uh, she, she, in Seattle, like a month after she lived to Seattle, where the doctor said, like, oh, if you, if you had lived in, I think it was an appendix issue or something. Anyway, but if she had lived in, uh, if she had lived in, uh, the small town, like, she definitely would be dead. So, um, in that sense, your, your kids are going to have a lot of safety and, like, a lot of, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, in some ways, there's been, like, I think growing up in L.A., I'm like, I can see why you would want to be disconnected from nature. It's uh, very scary. Um, <laughs> I actually went like out to the woods with my boyfriend. We were like, "Let's get in a cabin," and then and then like immediately I saw a scorpion, a scorpion in the cabin. I almost said a Scorpio. There was a Scorpio in there. Haunting the woods. <laughs> it was my ex. <laughs> Let's get back to the city where, where we've banned Scorpios. I wish we could ban Scorpios. Are you a Scorpio? Uh, no. Okay, what are you? Not that I... I don't even believe in astrology, but I, I feel like... Pisces. Okay. This is a Pisces time now? Not is yet. It? I don't know. I don't know astrology. Don't, don't That's why I, I can't live in LA anymore. You should have a mashup with one of the astrology podcasts. 
Uh, climate change through the lens of astrology. Yeah. Maybe then it would be doable. <laughs> when will the stars align so that we can like take down whatever oil fucking executive is so crazy? But yeah, like going into the country and then there's a scorpion. You're like, oh fuck this! I miss my apartment because right. that, I don't know how to deal with a scorpion. But I don't if wanna... you grew up around scorpions, you would. But I did not. I grew up here. So we're fucked. Yeah, but but your baby. Yeah, where maybe you should just drop your baby off in the forest and say this is for your own good. Yeah, trust me, I grew up in the valley, and you don't want (laughs) that life. As nice as it sounds. No, I kind of want to. I want to talk about like you and Rachel trying to have kids, and like how you feel about that, and like how that shapes your relationship to um, what you're doing or talking about climate change. Yeah. Uh, I, it's something that weighs on both of us a lot, but I don't care about, it's not like I'm worried about the environment and therefore might not have kids. I want to have a kid and that's why I worry about the environment. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to have a child and raise it so it's not in some hellish nightmare. Um, <laughs> but, like, just, like, the environment as an abstract, I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would be sad if all the polar bears died, but, like, if I wasn't going to have, like, That's very interesting because I, I did read a, a thing in um, Time magazine, and it was about clim- climate change and how... Um, like, they did a brain scan of, like, when people talk about climate change and, like, basically nothing would happen. Mm-hmm. But, like, if they would, like, bring up, like, an image of themselves in danger, mm-hmm. like, right like right now something like happens a, to a you. Scorpio walks by. Uh, yeah, Scorpio, your ex-Scorpio <laughs> walks by, then your brain, like, lights up and it's like, oh, shit, something's happening. Yeah. And it doesn't even happen really that much for you in the future, just you right now. Yeah. And then for family members and stuff, it'll light up, not as much as it does for yourself. Okay. But it's just like, (laughs) but it it is true that like, um, but I wonder if that is because we're disconnected, like if that is an unnatural thing or if that is the natural thing and that's why like we're wired were were we wired this way all along to get disconnected from nature and destroy it like that is that in our nature or or did something weird happen where we got disconnected from nature no, because I, I, something got too fucked up i think like cities like big cities big kind of like areas where like populations are clumping together are so Again, unnatural, and, like, 95% of human history did not involve city centers like this, or, like, huge kind of, like, like where, like, <clears throat> empires had their capitals, for example. Mo- most, of, uh, most of human life has been totally removed from that. Like, I, I don't think there's anything natural or inevitable about this. Interesting. I gotta say, I still will argue for a city. You know, even at the climate strike we were at, we were there was like um, there was like an indigenous activist guy that spoke, and he said a lot of interesting things. But one of the things he said was, "Los Angeles will never be sustainable." Like people talk about how to make Los Angeles sustainable, like Los Angeles will never be sustainable. And in one hand, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, like. Of course not. Fucking look at it. Right. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, we have to do it because this is where we're at. 
we're, Los Angeles is here. What are we gonna, we, we're not all going to go out. Even if we, with the population we had all dispersed out into the world, we would probably have even, we'd probably have an extreme impact, like if we all took up Migrated, some land yeah. and, and farmed it. Like, there, it's just like, it's kind of like, where do we go from here? I mean, that's a really... And I'm going to be honest, I love a city. I love a city. But like, but your idea... Because like, you know what? I've lived in a rural town. Have you ever lived in a rural town? See, It no. gets kind of dark. No, here's no, the thing. No, it gets weird. Rural towns are weird. I believe you. I am totally romanticizing it because Rachel's family lives in rural oh. Wisconsin. Lives in rural, rural Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, every time I go there, I love it. I'm like, let's move here. I want to stay here. I'll shovel snow. We'll make pierogies. That'll be our life. Yeah. Uh, and, but then, you know, we're, and Rachel's always like, no, we can't do that. That doesn't make sense. Uh, we're going back to LA. Um, and she always makes the point of like, you know, we're there for a short amount of time. We're there on vacation. So we don't have any like work responsibilities. Uh, we're eating food. We're drinking drinks. Everyone's being nice to us. We're being nice to everybody else. So I could very well be totally romanticizing it. Mm. But I just... I mean, the notion that L.A. could never be sustainable, that is kind of like my worst nightmare. Like, if that is true, then it's like we all just need to, like, get into groups of, like, a hundred of us and just all go find a farm somewhere and farm it. And we, that group of hundred people can take care of each other and L.A. will just be a memory in all of our minds. Uh, but then on the other hand, I'm like, well, it's, it's not... Nothing socially, like, relationally or interpersonally is necessary or not necessary. We can all decide tomorrow, yeah, we're going to be decent, we're going to treat each other, and we're going to live equitably and share things equitably and live sustainably. Like, there's, no, there's nothing that says that that can't happen... But, um, you know, it's, there's just a lot of, like, reasons why it's safe to think that it is not going to happen easily. But this idea of, like, definitely not, I, I don't buy, buy into either. Yeah, well, I can't. I have, I, it just doesn't... Uh, I think, like, the way I feel is, like, look, our chances are pretty slim. There might not even be a chance, but what else am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, uh, in terms of, like, you know, like, slowing climate change and becoming sustainable again and, like, uh, you know, kind of rolling back all the damage we've done. We, like, we might not have a chance, but, uh, and uh, you know, but would I be better off to completely ignore it and live my life and try to be happy? I think that I'm um, not... A, I want to say, like, a stable enough person to do that. But I don't, I don't necessarily think it's stable, but I think it's society's idea of stable. Like, yeah, but I think it's also more accurately insane to just be right. like, just like everything's fine or whatever. We can't do anything about it. That is just crazy. So it is, I think, in line with your idea of like, if there's something bad, you want to see it. And so like, if climate change is real, you want to see it. Hmm. So how are you enjoying your life and like... Being a happy guy, comedian, married guy, worker, still working on climate change, trying to have a baby. Like, how are you keeping your shit normal and happy and, uh, 
Or not necessarily happy, but stable. Stable, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a struggle sometimes. Like, I do, it, it, I do get pretty overwhelmed and freaked out. Mm. Um, I will say, somebody said something to me a while ago that I think about a lot. And he, he was quoting Rose Kennedy, and he said, Rose Kennedy said, the key to success is a big family. And I think there is a lot of, there's a lot to that. I just think, like, again, like, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Los Angeles as a city is just an abstract in all of our heads. Like, I, I have never met all 10 million people in the county. I can't meet 10 million people in the county. I haven't even, I can't go down every street. I can't, you know what I mean? So, like, there is this kind of, like, abstractness to it. What I can do is, focus on the people that I know, the relationships that I have, mm. uh, and be <clears throat> as decent to the people in my life as I can. Um, because I think climate change really, like all like these crazy environmental changes that are going to happen, like they're just definitely going to happen. Now, to the extent they're going to happen is unclear, but some, some level of collapse, environmental collapse is going to happen. That's only a problem if we are assuming we can't be decent to each other. Because, like, the notion of, like, a climate refugee, like, a million people having to leave um, Sudan because of civil war, because of famine. Um, that's only a problem if I assume that we can't, like, absorb those climate refugees into whatever world we're living in. Now, are we doing that currently with the, the refugees around the world that we have? No, we're not. So, I think in a way, some of the most important climate activists are the people working on, like, immigration reform. Because, right, 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 right. Because that's all about how we're absorbing each other and, and, and trying to be decent to each other. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, part of me feels like if I have, I either want, like, zero kids or, like, ten and so, like, if I'm going to have kids, I just want to make them really fast. We have a family, and we're looking out for each other. Nice. That might be a fantasy, but it does... I mean, I definitely like what you have to say about... <laughs> I definitely like what you have to say about, um, like, you know, community and, like, like really taking care of the, those close to us. And, like, I, I think that that is really important um, point about, about this. And I think in L.A., and in probably a lot of America, we've really um, lost a lot of our sense of community. And, uh, and weirdly, sometimes to, to family. Like, sometimes, mm -hmm. like, we sacrifice the rest of our community for our um, nu nuclear family. Nuclear. Nuclear? <laughs> am I George oh, W. Bush? <laughs> I think I am. Um, and, uh, but, and then that, that, that's what's kind of made you know, certain family units so dysfunctional as they're so uh, disconnected from the outside world and other people and they're just around each other all the time. But I, 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 I will say, like, I am at this age, right, where I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't necessarily want kids. I am in a relationship where it would be possible, like, financially and whatever, he, he's the correct gender for that. Um, to make that biologically the easiest thing, which in the past, that's not always been true in my relationship. So I'm like, it is a possibility. And I'm at the age where like, if I'm going to do it, if that, that door could close. So it is kind of a thing, but 
I definitely like have a hard time uh, imagining uh, having a kid and coping with the reality of climate change at the same time. But then at the same time, I'm like, does does it actually make sense, like, to take that into account? Like, or am I just kind of being a nut bar? Or like, do you just have kids because you have kids? I mean, I think all of those points of view, I think there's a lot to be said for all of them. And I, when I say like, oh, sometimes I struggle, I mean, it's like jumping from one, one of those points of view to the other, to the other, like every five minutes. And so, um, yeah, again, I just, I don't know. Part, part of it too, though, is like, I was not at all excited to have kids before Rachel and now that I'm with Rachel, I really want kids with her. So, I mean, a lot of it is not just about family, but about my relationship just with her. Mm, yeah. You're the first person I've had on this podcast that is like, I want kids. Mm. Well, my last guest is already a dad. Your dad? But, no, I did have my dad did on, dad too. Did I don't want kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad's like a dad. Like, my dad's yeah, yeah. like... I was born to be a dad. Yeah, I'm just a dad. A, that's, that's what all, you do. That's how I'll, I'll, I feel, too. Like, yeah. I, I cannot wait to have a kid. But it's so scary. But anyways, mm. go ahead. I don't know. I, I think I have a, a huge... Uh, I don't even know how to process that. I don't. I, I feel like I've made you my therapist now with that sort of stuff. Um, because that is, that is a big... Qu- I feel like the fact that that's even a question is like, will the earth be sustainable mm-hmm. for me to have a child? Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild, and I can't even really think my way through it. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then there's also my comedy to consider. Oh, my very <laughs> important comedy, which is um, becomes less and less important to me throughout the years. Yeah. If I'm being honest, I've been doing comedy for a while, and I used to... Uh, think it was my everything and now I just think it's a bit of an illness that I have <laughs> that has, you have to yeah yourself. how did you get into comedy what's your story with that and that's how you met Rachel right that's how I met Rachel yeah wow um I like that you both are comedians but you both have so much else going on and that's like why you're able to have a marriage yeah it's not like you're just two comedians together it's like you're two whole people together right I'm well I'm definitely way more codependent than she is so um Whatever. Well, you're a guy. Whatever illusion like... <laughs> of, of like, like, functionality exists, it's because of her. Okay. Um, but you have like a job. You like work with homeless people, yeah, and I yeah, see yeah. you at the climate strike. Yeah. Don't sell yourself short. Well, you got you. you have some stuff. Um, got into comedy. I always was just obsessed with stand up. I feel like I was, uh, bullied. Not like, uh, seriously like physically bullied but like pretty hardcore teased in junior high it's very sensitive and then started watching Seinfeld and just like I don't know like felt like oh I felt like important and special because I like got it and felt like really connected to mm. it hard and then just became like since I was like 12 or 13 just totally obsessed with stand-up watched as much of it as I could um and then uh I, I have a pretty tortured relationship to stand-up, though, because I get I still always, 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 and have stopped for long spells because of anxiety, like, just get so anxious because of it, and, like, have to drink often in order to mm. do it. Um, 
but still always, even after like long spells of not doing it, just have a abiding love for it. Like I can't not love it. Um, and so, yeah, did it. So grew, went to college in, in the Valley at CSUN, Matadors, ever heard of them? And, um, not uh, really. Yeah. Nobody has, uh, I don't even know what sport they play. Basketball. Matador basketballs. Um, even though I grew up in LA and was going to college in LA when I started to write jokes, I was really terrified to get up. And so I was like, well, I'm going to write jokes, graduate college, move to Seattle where I'll start stand up Mm. because it's a smaller town and you can kind of like get your feet under you. Um, and that's exactly what I did. And then after a few weeks of performing, bombed for my first time, like legit. What, what year is this? That is 2006, 2007. Okay. Uh, and then once I bombed in earnest for the first time, I just like totally like, I can't handle this. Can't, it's too much for me. Um, then I went to grad school because I was like, well, what am I going to do now? Bomb too much. Bomb too much. Then was going to grad school in New York, same exact arc. At, like towards the end of, of that, those two years, I was like, well, I got to try stand up again. Tried it. First time I bombed in earnest, I was like, can't do it anymore. And then moved back to LA. And then I was like having a birthday. I think it was like 26 or 27. And I was like, either I have to get over this fear of bombing or I have to stop telling myself I'm going to do stand up. And so mm. got over that hump and just, you know, just flawlessly bombed constantly. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the only way to learn how to bomb is to keep bombing. Yeah. I actually won a, uh, like a, there was like a, what do you call it? A voter, a, this, this comedy blog had like a, you know, like everyone votes for these like comedy awards and I, we, I, I won, um best bombs <laughs> because I, I felt like I learned to kind of ride them out. There is an like, art to it for the, sure. It, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like dying peacefully that, or something. <laughs> yeah. And quietly. Yeah. Like, that's a huge compliment. Maybe we could like incorporate that into our, um, our, the our, way we our courage to climate, climate change. change. That's Just genius. kind of ride the bomb. That is genius. Um, yeah. And then got used to bombing and then, um, did stand up in earnest for several years and then, but again, was still racked with anxiety about it. Is this too extensive? No, it's great. Um, and then like I was getting drunk, like not drunk, but like definitely tipsy. Even if I was getting up two or three times a night, mostly open mics, I was still drinking heavily before each one. Mm. and driving a lot, being very unsafe. And then something happened to my car where it was like in the shop for like 10 days where I couldn't go out and so therefore didn't drink. And I was like, fuck, I feel so much better. Like not not super anxious, not forcing myself to drink. And then I was like, well, maybe this means I got to rethink my strategy here. Uh, And then... Yeah, since then, so that was probably 2014, 2015. Since then, have, like, 
started again, slowed down again, started again, slowed down again, and I'm still not at peace with it, and I don't know what the answer is. But, as you say, like, maybe there's a correlation between not having that figured out with not having climate change figured out. Maybe just, like, kind of, like, existing in this weird, like, writing it out and figuring it out and being decent at the same time. I don't know. But I'm definitely not at peace with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what being at peace with something means. That's awesome. I think being at peace with something means being at peace with not being at peace with it. Or sometimes I think, like, maybe I'm addicted to, like, the drama of it or, like, the kind of, like, um, yeah, like, the emotion of, like, uh, the big highs and the big lows. Whereas, like, there are other things that I enjoy, um, but I just go out them and I go out there and I do that. Like, seeing a friend. Seeing a friend, hanging out with them, enjoying that friend, and then leaving. Like, there's no huge high, there's no huge low. And that, I think, I think being at peace with something is also, like, being okay with being bored with it, too. Yeah. Definitely. I think... I don't know. I guess, you know, this this question of quitting comedy comes up for me sometimes. Um, But I I think it's kind of like I got to do what you did early on. It's like I either uh, just accept that I do this or I quit. Like I can't I don't want to have this like background or maybe I just have to have this background noise of like this is a this sucks. (laughs) Why would you why would what? What has made you think about quitting? There's a few things that have happened. Um, one, I've gotten a little older, and I feel like... Well, first of all, I don't drink anymore. So I think that was maybe one of the first things that kind of, like, was, like, you know, I'm getting a little older, and I'm just like, I'm just having a tough time staying out late. Mm. I just don't want to go. And uh, when I do go, it's, like, sometimes it's not very good, and yeah. there's, not, you know, no money. And I think, like... I'm really evaluating how little money I've made in my whole life. I think that I am addicted to not making money. <laughs> I really do. I think I'm addicted to the stress of not being able to pay bills. Like, I think that I, I'm addicted to that drama. Uh-huh. And I think comedy is, like, tied up into that. And, you know, with all this stuff happening in the world, I'm just like, I guess it's like, ideally, I, I, I find a way to make my life meaningful. Um, and... Uh, and uh, really am able to be of use as an activist or whatever. And also I, I make money um, so that I am not having all this drama of bills and stuff and um, prioritize that and honestly do stand-up. I don't know how to make all those things, like, converge. Yeah. But I, I think that they're all a part of it for me. But I do think, um, I think stand-up is a thing, like, is an accident in my life. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I actually graduated, like, I graduated college in 2011. Okay. So it was kind of, like, in this middle of this recession. And then, so I studied to go, like, into nonprofit work. And then, like, there were really no jobs anywhere. Yeah. And I was seeing all these people with master's degrees, like, working at the grocery store for, like seven dollars an hour Mm -hmm. for the first time and like um uh and then I I just you know started doing stand-up and I was like this is like what I do Mm. but like if I had just gotten a job out of college I feel like it would have been different I'm actually pretty grateful for the way my life has gone but 
at this point. I, I'm not really sure um, uh, how to make everything work together. Do you think it would be easier? Now, I'm not saying this is like uh, I can point to where this would be possible. Do you think it would be would you be interested in like moving to a town that was easier to make ends meet and doing it like on like kind of like I mean hobbyist level sounds like really is diminishing it but <clears throat> if you removed the pursuit of it as a profession right would that cuz LA is not a very fun town to be just like a stand up in if you're not famous right for sure like I or I'm, broke. I'm coming here from the bay and it actually was I was pretty set up in the bay in all these regards. And, yeah. um, and I think it's weird just like, cause that comedy was so good there. I was making plenty of money and I was just also like so depressed. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I think I just got too complacent. I had done every show like there has, I, you know, like I wasn't nervous anymore. And then I realized when I would visit LA that I would be nervous. Okay. Um, and, uh, I think that that was really good for me to, uh -huh. to like care again. And like, and I'm, you know, being from down here, there's a certain element of home to it that like being away from my high school, college. And then after that years, I was maybe four years after college, um, like coming back felt like a thing that made sense. So it's like, I don't know that I want to live anywhere else at this point. Okay. Um, and there's something really depressing about these towns where stand up is so much fun and so easy and you can make money from it in other towns, not being famous. But, um, there's something really depressing about like doing shows with people that do it as a hobby to me, like, or if everyone's doing it as a, like, and they'll say that. And it's like, you know, I did this one show in Seattle recently and they had us fill out a questionnaire for their promotion. And they were like, the first question is like, what's your career? Mm hmm. And I was just like, oh, that's so depressed. And I was like, I put on a comedian. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, it just like, it's depressing to be on a show with a bunch of people. They ask you your career. But maybe it's not depressing. I don't know. It's just no, like, kind of like, um, it, there, when there's like a lack of passion for comedy, it's not very good. That's true. So, I don't, I don't know how to uh, make all this work for myself. But I'm going to give it a go. And I'm going to stay here for now. But you're right in that other other towns are way easier. Yeah. You're right in just, that. Just to, not just comedy-wise, just to Yeah. Sometimes when I go uh, do these shows on the road, I'll, like, look up what rent is in yeah. that area. And it's fucked up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I could actually have a house. Yes. I could have a house. In Sheboygan, Wisconsin, you can buy a house. I just for don't want to live in Sheboygan. Have you been to Sheboygan? I'm pretty sure I don't want to live in Sheboygan. It's pretty great, but you know we can save that. My Sheboygan pitch. Um, I don't know. Maybe make a quick Sheboygan pitch. Okay, it's there's about fifty thousand people in Sheboygan. Uh, what what's their ethnicities? Um, I would say. Mm, Definitely heavy on the Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> um, so that is a downside. Uh, you, I think you'd be surprised coming from L.A. how much that might depress you. Again, it might be part of what I'm romanticizing. Okay, I'm not going to argue with no, you. No, 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 no. pitch. It's right by beautiful freshwater lakes. So if like the system that brings you water collapses, it doesn't matter. You got 
delicious, clean water. Um, no, I, I, while you're talking, I just bought something in Wisconsin. We do, yeah, L.A. water's an issue. Yeah. We're not going to have water. No. Specifically L.A. Um, I don't know. I mean, yes, it's so like super white. Are... It's super Christian. I'm sure most of the people are racist. Like, Sheboygan per se, maybe, maybe not. But there's got to be... But I, I do think you're... I mean, you might have to think about where to raise your kids that there will be water. I'm already thinking about it. That's All what right. I'm saying. Uh, top of the list, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, in the United States, wouldn't think of it immediately, but it's a big enough town, uh, Minneapolis. Oh, no, it's big, yeah. Yeah, so. Mall of America, right? But, Mall of America, but, you know, city of, or state of 10, what is it, 10,000 lakes, something like that. A lot of water. A lot of water. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know, but could you have a thriving stand-up scene in Sheboygan? Probably not. Minneapolis, you could, though. I I'm just gonna hold it down in LA Mad Max style. I I really am. I'm 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 here to ride out the apocalypse. And you know, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, yeah. So you're the little midget guy, right? That's being like pushed around now. I'm what? I'm joking. Oh my god! What a way to end this podcast. <laughs> what? A, wait. First of all, <laughs> I haven't heard that word in a while. Oh really? Is that? Yeah, that's not... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, a derogatory. But who are you talking about? I don't know. I just saw, like, a meme from Mad Max where it was, like... Oh, yeah, he's, like, the king guy. Yes. Yeah, he's bad guy. What? What's his name? What? I don't know. What do you say instead of midget? You say little person. Little... Really? I thought that was a joke. I'm glad that we were able to have a teaching moment on this. Okay, well, I apologize. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. I haven't been able to tell anyone like that in a long time. Well, the look on your face really shamed me. I didn't mean. I, I didn't mean that. I was excited. <laughs> I was excited because most of the time now, I'm canceled. Okay. I'm already old enough that I don't know. So well, to have a good. moment to where be, I can, where I could I could be relevant <laughs> to cancel you, that is a big moment for me. So thank you so perfect. much for that. That's perfect. Um. Do you do you have anything to pitch in terms of either um. Like a comedy or... Not really, no. All right, well, check out Devin Blake uh, or his uh, amazing wife, Rachel Mack. Uh, sometimes you guys perform together. That's right, as the McBlakes. In Los Angeles, the McBlakes. Uh, so fun. Do you have any um, words of wisdom or thoughts on getting involved with uh, climate stuff? Or... Yeah, I think, I think the uh, advice that's really useful for comedy also applies here. Just like go do something like go to a meeting go meet other people who are doing it uh and uh listen to them earnestly and talk earnestly i I think it's just one of those things like once you start doing it it kind of uh unfolds in front of you yeah uh so get out get out there and uh watch 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 the magic unfold everyone (laughs) Thanks so much for doing this today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right.